0: Welcome to the Into the Wilderness podcast. For those who are regular listeners, you will realize that this has come a week early. This is one of our interim podcasts that we do every now and then when we think... I did,
1: I did mention it last week.
0: Oh, did you? Okay, yeah. well, I wasn't here he when wasn't, you did your intro. He wasn't here, yeah. <laughs> um, just news updates, basically, and the fact that we've been away for a very long time.
1: Yeah, this, this thing, there's a lot been going on. We're actually still away. <laughs> yeah.
0: we're, we're recording this currently on the sofa of uh, in a friend's house on a sofa, in the Isle of (laughs) Skye.
1: Exactly. And the next podcast will actually probably be brought to you from Sweden.
0: (laughs) I think that's the plan. I recorded a podcast in Sweden on an adventure called Tested to the Edge. I won't tell you any more about that right now other than it was awesome. And at the end of that experience, I recorded a podcast with everybody there including a man who is uh, a guide and outfitter there and is probably the only person living in Europe who has hunted and killed a man-eating bear. So you'll get to hear from him.
1: Yeah, that's pretty uh, cool. But we've got some news that we're going to come in with uh, first. We well, have, I think we should, we've uh, got prizes, with, yeah. we've got competitions to square away because we've been so busy we, had, we lapsed mm-hmm. on the competitions of announcing them. Uh, no, announcing the winners. Announcing anyway. the winners. They oh. were already picked, but we just hadn't, <laughs>
0: hadn't had time
1: to announce them.
0: So we'll we'll kick off with um, just reminding you about the current competition which is running, which Daryl announced last week. It was the opportunity to win a set of in-ear Surefire ear defenders.
1: Me and Byron actually own a pair each as well. Yes, we do. Which we keep in our jacket pocket because you just never yeah, know when you t- they're, eat they're it. small, so that you can just leave them in your pocket.
0: Yeah, they have a little uh, hard tub that they come in. Yeah and you can enter that by what though
1: top post on our facebook page podcast into the wilderness picture that's all we need a picture of you hunting or out out with your dogs or doing something along the lines in the the countryside and uh, we're going to pick the best
0: picture we've done our picture competition before and there was loads of entries before so yeah. we're so going there's already a few entries there so just share a picture in the comments and that's it easy and you will be entered and we will uh, it won't be a randomly selected one, we're going to pick the coolest picture. Yeah, well, yeah so simple as
1: that. The, yeah. coo- the coolest picture wins.
0: We didn't announce who won the shooting rest. Uh, and we've been through all the people who entered for the shooting rest, and we have a name. And the name is Ben Dorrington. So ben, congratulations, Ben. Get you in just, touch, you've got a month. Yes, uh, you've just won yourself a Caldwell front shooting rest it's a big prize it's in in, e- prize. in every sense of the terms <laughs> it's, it's heavy it's, it's really heavy
1: it's, it's a quite great prize. it's large it's a great prize we actually wanted to keep it for
0: ourselves <laughs> yeah so maybe don't contact us yeah you don't. To... No. you've got four weeks uh, give us a shout there's uh, website email us messages us on facebook whatever you want just contact us so we can speak to you we'll get your address we'll get it sent down to you coldwell shooting rest done we are running Wilderness Hunts. This, I think we mentioned it probably in the last two podcasts. Yep. Basically, it is the opportunity to join us and do what we love doing. Uh, if you want to know what we love doing and you haven't already figured that out by all the podcasts, go and check out our YouTube series, Into the Wilderness, Pace Brothers Into the Wilderness. Just stick that in YouTube, you'll find it. And that gives you a great idea of the kind of hunting we enjoy doing, which is embracing everything it means to hunt, and experiencing the great outdoors in its kind of rawest form. Uh, We've it's, uh, got a few people already yes, coming home. We, um, we will have one date. There's a couple of dates to choose from <clears throat> this year, 2016. As soon as we have one date filled up, and currently we have one date with two people, it's a maximum of four. The rest will be cancelled. We're only running one hunt this year. So... If you it's want to know first car serve. served, absolutely. If you want to know more about that, it's going to be over three days. It's going to be in the northeast of Scotland. And if you visit thepacebrothers.com, dot com, click wilderness hunts. There's a PDF with all but the at information At the, the page. It has everything you need to know. All the it. prices and everything. So if that interests you, go click it, check it out, send us a message. Uh, we can always give you a call back if you want to know any more information. Uh, it would be great to have you join us and experience what we love. Yeah. Um, I think now we're on to sort of news, Daryl. Yeah. Have you got anything first, or do you want me to kick off? Um, I uh, we've got we we
1: as as we normally do on the the news things. We have some very random news, just just stuff
0: that has just been coming across our news feeds or has been sent to us. Yeah, this is in yeah you know, no particular order. It's going to really jump around, but I suppose that makes it a little bit exciting. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'll
1: I'll kick off with okay. some news. Um, Chris Packham has just won an award for outstanding work for countryside uh, achievements.
0: Mm-hmm. Well done, Chris. Well done, Chris.
1: It's, uh, it, it was uh, deemed as the as the, the gra- no, what's the Oscars Oscars, Oscars yeah. of the green. Movement well, or something yeah. <laughs> no, um, he
0: is going to be the subject of a podcast, not entirely, but we are going to be lucky enough to have Andrew Gilruth from the g w c t on and he Chris Packham will be part of that discussion It's going to be a huge discussion across a huge variety of topics, but Chris Packham and his influence on people's opinions will certainly be one of it uh, because they were involved in um, putting evidence forward to the BBC so that's going to probably be coming in the next six weeks, something like that. He's already agreed to come on, so we just need to uh, hook up a time.
1: And I think the next thing I have uh, coming up is th- th- this. isn't This isn't actually quite an interesting one because we've talked about it before. About, in fact, I don't know, was it three podcasts ago? About trackers on gold. Oh, um, yes, on Golden Eagles. Was it Golden? No, Ken Harris. Ken Harris, yeah. Harris. And we were talking about the the effects that it might have on the birds and also their failure rates and on all these things. Now, this came across our desk, kind of a sad story. Mm. Uh, but on the other hand, kind of proves our point to the extreme level. I would call this the extreme level. Uh, uh, Hedge- well,
0: we I, I should just say before you uh, tell mm. the story is what we had said, if you missed it, was the we were of the opinion that maybe we as humans and certain organizations interfere with animals too much. We have this obsession with knowing every movement and everything that they're doing by sticking trackers on them. And it could be the case that trackers and telemetry is interfering with them. So we're just putting that out there, and this is case in point. Yeah. So they basically
1: some researchers decided that it would be a good idea to put a massive amount of trackers on this hedgehog. Uh, They have to put these little tubes on their spikes because you can't identify a Mm. hedgehog from the way they look because there's no identical identifiable uh features on a hedgehog and they found this hedgehog many months later with a broken foot and it was maciated it was it, it died because it couldn't roll up into a ball mm. which they need to do just due to the amount of trackers they put on and markers they put on it was a ridiculous amount uh, if you just type it in on google you'll be able to have a look at that, that hedgehog there um <laughs>
0: Why? It looks like cigarettes that are stuck to it. No, that's the trackers that the to trackers? identify the markers.
1: Yeah. Wow. So, Byron's just seen the picture for the mm. first time, actually. And, yeah, <laughs> so just type in on Google uh, hedgehog and trackers or something like that, or hedgehog dying for a track. It's ridiculous. Uh, this thing, I mean, the. Yeah. It, Poor thing. It died due to us wanting to know its movements. It was uh, as simple um, as that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sad. Um, I will come up next with a story uh, referencing GWCT because we were just talking about them Uh, they brought to light um, some information which was mentioned in a Times article a number of months back about uh, the the title of that article was uh, RSPB twisted data and this was with reference to heather burning and its negative impact Uh, there has since been an independent report uh, basically, suggesting that the organisation, the RSPB, were misrepresenting uh, the data to fit their own agenda, uh, they have now responded uh, responded to that report, saying that they accepted that the way that they presented the findings exceeded the research findings. I kind of read that like they were maybe lying a little bit. I don't know. Exceeded the research finding. It's a very nice roundabout, roundabout way, to way of saying that they saying didn't that... follow what the actual evidence said. <laughs> So they were were presenting the case that there was massively negative uh, connotations to burning heather. And as most of us know, nothing is completely black and white, but there are a lot of positive outcomes from burning heather as a result of um, grass management. And it goes sort of part and parcel. So, yeah, that was interesting. that They've kind of had to backpedal a little bit on that. Completely unrelated, we have a famous person supporting hunting now we mentioned him before uh, daryl is a big fan uh he's a really cool guy i mentioned him months, and months ago yeah. I,
1: I i have tried to contact him but we're going to carry on he's a,
0: he's a hollywood star yeah. and uh
1: and i i think that our requests <laughs> of trying to see lost him I think. are being lost so chris uh, pratt is if anybody knows chris pratt yeah. uh <laughs> Drop him yeah, a message. Maybe that's what we should do. There oh. might be a listener who has, I don't know, he might be a cousin or something. Yeah, a like cousin Pratt. of Chris Pratt. Hook us up, and we only want 10 minutes with them. If that, five minutes. Give us five minutes, and we'll chat about hunting.
0: Yeah, but it's really quite. I mean, it's a really good interview, actually. Uh, just Google it, you'll find it. And he talks about why he hunts, why he likes to eat what he kills. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And uh, the fact that. He is saying this very publicly in Hollywood as well, is good for everyone. Mm. Uh, and uh, this is no n- new news. Mark Zuckerberg came out uh, a week ago live on Facebook. He was cooking a barbecue and he was basically saying that if you um, eat meat, it's better when you hunt it yourself and uh, more it, 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 ethical, it, it yeah. may, And he's he's hunted for many many years. It came out as a surprise the other day that he hunted. Don't know why because it's from the beginning. Um, yes, there is problems going on with Facebook to do with gun gun yeah, the way problems, they're advertising, they're, they're advertising and so on but that is a very american thing they have major gun problems going on in america right now so that is being obviously spread over to the uk and i don't think they really distinguish between
0: uh america and the uk so yeah, but, yeah. It, it, like also said it wasn't actually news because Zuckerberg came up um, years ago saying that he uh hunted his own meat but yeah, it made the news as celebrity news items do keep cropping up like they're new news when they're not new news. <laughs> um, well, we were away in Norway uh the convention for CITES, uh, the, the meeting in Africa. Everybody convened, they were debating a huge, huge list of uh, items with regard to endangered species and uh, moving animals from one appendix to the other with all the regulations and restrictions that that might imply. And the two things which we mentioned prior to us going away was the potential for lions and elephants to be moved from one appendix to the other, which would make it almost impossible for any kind of trophy hunting to happen because you basically wouldn't be able to export the trophies. I can report now that that meeting is over uh, that the move to to shift lines from i can't actually remember which appendix it's to and from but that was defeated so basically nothing has changed with regard to the hunting of lions for trophies or the movement of trophies the only thing that they have done is that they will be regular or providing extra regulation with the trade of lion bones but that actually had absolutely nothing to do with hunting and that's more to do for medicinal purposes in in asia uh, one thing which was slightly sad that was defeated <clears throat> was that Swaziland had asked if they could legally um, trade three hundred and thirty kilograms of rhino horn, which had been legally harvested for anti-poaching measures. That so, uh, Ivan Carter talked about it uh, a couple of weeks ago, where they cut the rhino horns off so that there is less incentive for them to be to be poached, and they've been they're locked up and, and stockpiled. And they basically wanted to sell this legally, get permission to sell it from CITES so that they could use the money for anti-poaching measures. And they were basically told no. I think that's fairly short-sighted. We talked about it in the Ivan Carter podcast about the trade of ivory and the trade of rhino horns. If you haven't listened to that podcast, most definitely do because it's an awesome podcast.
1: I think uh, we'll go back to Chris Packham again, okay, yeah, because go that's it. what I've got here. Um, Chris Packham has started another... Um, petition. Petition, that's how I lost the word there. Another petition, and this one is for to ban the hunting of Woodcock Snipe, Golden Plover, uh, in the UK. So he doesn't just stop at grouse, he moves on to the next thing, and I guarantee after this one
0: he'll move on to the next thing, then the next thing, and the next thing. Mm. He, he, he's, Interesting that he's done this. Uh, because the 31st of this month, which is October 2016, uh, the House of Commons will be debating the previous depi- uh, petition, which was started by Mark Avery but backed by Chris Packham. This one was to- actually started by Chris this Packham. Started, yeah. okay. Well, this uh, is the one to ban driven grouse 14,000 signatures so far. Okay, well, I think the ban driven grouse sheeting one's are in excess of 100,000, which is why it's being debated in Parliament. Yep. Uh, And, yeah, it's going to be on the the 31st of October. There's not much more news on that until it happens, so we'll bring you something in November, I guess. It's interesting that he's put that, considering that uh, we did uh,
1: some uh, film work on local states where shooting uh, goes on, and all the Golden Plover uh, snipe uh, population were all on the increase, not the decrease.
0: Yes, absolutely. In fact, if you go on YouTube and you look at... This is
1: scientifically backed. Data, yeah, not is. Not, uh, not the state hasn't done it themselves. This is independent people have come onto these estates, and they've counted and they've done population counts, and they're all on the increase. So, yeah.
0: so if you look at just to give you a flavour, and there's lots. In fact, if you go to GWCT website, you can find info there. If you go on YouTube and look at the Untold Story Merland Biodiversity. You can watch a five, six minute film yeah. that has a bunch of facts and figures in it. We put it together, but it, we got the information from some independent reports. And that will show you that on the three shooting estates that are in that film, all of those are increasing. So the vast majority of places that have decreasing numbers of the birds that he's wanting to stop being hunted are actually on places that don't hunt. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting. Uh, chronic wasting disease. I don't have very much more to say on this. We did an entire podcast on it. Other than you should be aware about it, uh, it is a really important and potentially catastrophic disease for, well, for wherever it it occurs. There's research going on all the time, especially in Norway and the Scandinavian countries where there have been cases reported. Uh, They tested every single one of the reindeer that got hit by lightning, which we mentioned a few months ago, and none of those came back positively tested. I know that the British Deer Society are currently putting together a strategic plan uh, for a potential outbreak and what they would do. We are going to be interviewing someone there. At least
1: it's being thought about. It has been
0: thought about. We will bring you more about that as soon as we can. And we're just in the process of having discussion with them. Have you guys? No, oh, you got run out.
1: I'm pretty much out of news.
0: Okay. Since, uh, um, so wait, or the the juicy news, the juicy as news. I like to call it. <laughs> Um okay I'll just run through the sort of last five things I've got here. Uh the wild fisheries, fisheries review we kind of mentioned that every every couple of months it's still ongoing and changing. Uh there are going to be changes in 2017 and basically they've uh proposed to change the way that they categorize the rivers. Um so previously they were categorizing rivers which meant it basically determined what regulations they would have to adhere to by actual catchments, as in water catchments. But 2017, it's going to be per river, which obviously has implications. You could have one river that sits in a certain category, but the tributary that runs into it could be a different one. Uh, also, uh, that... Sorry, I'll just say this. No, you, you can. Um, it doesn't look like there's going to be sort of any addressing of sea trout populations until 2018, which... I find slightly concerning I think that's a a really a major issue the decline of sea trout and I can't tell you very much more other than we have some an interesting documentary which we'll be able to tell you about probably in the next couple of months which we made which we did make yeah which is and yeah we'll tell you all about it when it's actually released yeah sorry what were you going to say I, I
1: I forgot I had another little oh, bit of uh, juicy it. news. It's not really juicy news, but it's just another, uh, I guess, fun article. It's not really. It is. It is fun. It's quite funny a little bit. Uh, there's been an outcry, and I'm. T- this was this was the title: an outcry, because um, I think. Well, it says baronet. Uh, I'm assuming baronet down in Devon has offered a thousand pound reward for each badger they kill because they've been gnawing down his entire river bank. Down. Really? Yeah, that, I don't think the, he can do that. But the the funny thing is, is that he actually put wanted posters up. What for the badgers? No, for, not badgers. The uh, beavers. Oh, beavers! You said badgers. Oh, sorry, I said no. Not <laughs> That's badges. why I said I don't think <laughs> no, he can do that. Not, not badgers. No, no, no. Confirm it is beavers, not badgers. Okay. So, uh, so where is this? Down, down Devon.
0: Oh right! So the beavers have been cutting down so, the trees. The
1: outcry was because he'd put it up put up the wanted posters, <laughs> and it was you know like a old west and wanted posters <laughs> all around his land, thousand pound reward, what per beaver? Per beaver. That's awesome. He said he said if they carry on, I'll have no forest left.
0: I mean, it, it, it's it's actually quite a serious story. <laughs> it is a and serious we, story. And you know, we we have this right on our doorstep, just uh, near um, so sort of the near Forfar actually, so hmm. we we've got beavers in the Tay system. So, but wanted posters. That's a good sense of that. that, That's why there was outcry, though, because. They didn't like the idea that he put money on their head. He put money on their head. Hmm. Um, General licenses. If you don't know what a general license is and you hunt, you should. It's what allows us to shoot pigeons and rabbits and everything else. Um, There is going to be lots of information on this soon, but for now, I will just say be aware that there's a consultation process ongoing. Um, to put forward potential changes to the general license, and that's going to be species on and off. We don't quite know what's being proposed to be on and what's being proposed to be taken off. Um, but one interesting takeaway from it, and I know that this was being talked about a lot at the game fair, in uh, Schoon. This surprisingly,
1: year. barely anybody knew about it.
0: Oh yeah, it's talking about fen traps. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now at the time, there was the very high possibility that fen traps as a tool was going to be banned. Uh, and that was mainly to do with regulations coming out of the EU with regard to the fur trade, uh, that it was going to be major. I mean, the implications were huge. As a result of Brexit and us now going to be leaving the EU, that has been postponed, and they're going to look at the use of FEM traps now in 2018 um, once we're out. So it, it's quite possible that that's going to now be a non-story. Um, it was going to be a big story with huge implications now as a result of that. It doesn't look like we will have to adhere to that particular regulation, but I'm not sure exactly it's one, how it's going to happen. It's one out. to watch. Yeah, it's B- one Because one it's, to it's been talked
1: on. about already, so they'll talk, want to
0: talk about it again. Yep. Um there is currently a consultation ongoing uh it was part of the SNP manifesto this is to, for the, this is for the scottish scottish yeah system, for the scottish more, more interesting um f- to merge the forestry commission and the snh and who and how public land is going to be managed uh, they're looking for responses from the public so as with most of these government uh initiatives where they they want responses from the public go and visit the government website the scotgov website and you'll be able to find it there and you can submit your responses it's it seems like a really boring thing to do, but it's actually really important, if you have an opinion on these things, to go and submit your response. It's like everything we say, that you
1: can't complain if you haven't put a voice in when you've got a chance.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah. It's, like, it's like voting. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't complain about uh, the government in power if you didn't vote. Um, Scottish Rural Parliament... Daryl, you were at the Scottish Rural Parliament I, event that was being held. In the I went briefing. there. I
1: recorded a few things that won't be on this show, but they will be on a future show. Yeah. Um. It was only a, f- a few snippets of, I got of the, mm-hmm. the event, but it was there to basically let the community engage with... Rural issues. Yeah, yeah. rural issues uh, and people that were involved in the rural community Mm. uh, everything from transport to forestry to agriculture broadband Mm. that was the number one thing that was coming up every time I spoke to a person what's the major problem broadband and I would say broadband and phone signal and after me and Byron traveling through pretty much the entire length of Europe driving uh, you then understand fully how bad our situation is in this country for particularly phone signal is it's pretty poor it, i mean uh, it's our uh, friend uh, uh, from south africa <laughs> is over and you get 3g almost everywhere in
0: in south africa yeah. and, and norway was phenomenal yeah. you got 3g everywhere you got them up the top of the mountains <laughs> yeah um i mean there are pros and cons to that but yeah, yeah there is. It, there's uh our, our network is pretty terrible um, the reason I mention Scottish Rural Parliament is it's is something that not a lot of people have heard about or necessarily know about, but it's something you should know about, especially if you live and work in the rural communities, and it is the vehicle that the government use um, to engage with, with rural people and the issues that they have. What I would do is, uh, if I were you, is literally Google Scottish Rural Parliament and go and read about it and then sign up. It will be brought up again when I have the snippet because of the organiser I interviewed and she talks all about how you can get involved in the Rural Parliament. So we'll come back to that one shortly. You can check out the website in the meantime. Um, Tail docking. This is a really important one. Uh, This has just recently changed. In fact, this happened while we were in Norway. Um, Rosanna uh, Cunningham the Environment Secretary has understood the issues with uh, working dogs and the suffering that can be caused as a result of not docking tails, and as a result of which they will be putting to Parliament that working spaniels and HPRs can have their tails docked at the vet's discretion. Now, this is not a done deal, but it is being proposed by the current government So, when it goes to be debated, it seems very unlikely that it won't get passed because they are actually proposing it. A huge amount of evidence was put forward. This is why
1: this has come about. Uh, Sachs uh, had a huge amount of evidence they put forward as well, massive documents. So, this is from Sachs and other people as well. This is where this has come about because there was an overwhelming amount of of evidence put forward.
0: Yeah, and yeah, it's great. It's fantastic that this this is an example of, of something that is being reversed. And it is positive change and shows that, you know, if you do present the a correct, case the correct correctly, evidence, yeah. then you have a chance at making a difference. And it's a really good example of that. Um, air gun licensing. We did a massive podcast on it. Go and check out that if you ha- own an air gun and you live in y- Scotland. Yeah, we're, we won't go into too much detail on this no. because we have, have, in fact, done two or three. One... In fact,
1: three. We've done three podcasts about it. We talked about it at the Northern Shooting Show. We then talked uh, a very specific one with. Uh, we did Police Scotland. No, we were actually in the headquarters. The headquarters. Yeah. Then we did another one that was just. I think a 10-minute long show mm, talking about filling in the forms. So there's three shows talking exactly what you need to do. There's no excuse if you don't know because it is there. And we even put up a document on our website for... Yeah, that was our, produced
0: by Saks just it, to help. So no excuse. But the the very brief rundown that I will give you on that <clears throat> is that after the 31st of this month, uh, you well, you need to get your applications in by the 31st of this month to guarantee that you're going to actually get your application processed. There are a very low number of people applying, which means that there are a lot of people who have not done it yet. About 30% of the applications they get back are not being filled in correctly. That is going to cause a lot of problems for you and it's caused problems for the police. Um, The the view from the Scottish Association of uh, Country Sports, who are our sponsor for this podcast, is that although the legislation shouldn't have been proposed and it's unfair and disproportionate, basically it's there now. So, you need to know about it, and you need to abide by it. So, read the form, fill the form in, send it in correctly, and get your, um, your guns license, Or get rid of your air rifles. Yeah, that's, that's the choice.
1: Unfortunately, it's law. It has yeah, it to be done. Um, GP refusals. An no. int- an int- this is an interesting one. Yeah, because cause it's it- more and more increasingly, I've seen it, Byron's seen it online, people talking about GP refusals or GP charges. So, mm. I think Byron's going to go into a little bit more.
0: So this uh this has happened very recently and yeah we've actually had a couple uh, I've certainly had a couple of personal yep, messages people actually ask contact about it. so we're covering it now. Yeah, we are. Um basically what it is is if you're going to be renewing or applying for a firearm sh- shotgun certificate uh, as of the 1st of April there's new uh medical information which is needed as part of that application. Uh Great Britain wide. So is isn't just this isn't just in Scotland. This is across the board. Uh, the reason for this originally was uh, with an intention that with this extra information, you might be able to have longer terms on your certificates. That was the uh, reason for the, the original discussion. But in May this year, the British Medical Association um, pulled out of being involved in this, despite having uh, debated it for two years. And the reason for that was that they didn't actually have the backing of their members. They pulled so, out the day after. yeah. So there are a number of uh, GPs that either through confusion or objection to actual the ownership of firearms have uninvolved themselves with licensing, which obviously causes a lot of problems because you need uh, this, uh, this medical information to be provided with your, your firearms license or it needs to be requested for your application. Um, so a couple of statistics here. These are, we've got statistics for Scotland because uh, this is on our doorstep, but it'll probably give you a, a good yeah, reflection get, across, the, across UK. the UK. Uh, we've got 966 GP practices here. Currently, as it stands, there's 100 objecting um, uh, objecting and refusing to provide medical licensing. That's quite a large number, I would say. Uh, well, there was, sorry, there was 100. Through discussions, uh, there has now this has now been reduced to sixty nine, and that's working with Police Scotland, um, SACS members, and other shooting organisations as well as SACS. They've managed to find some some common ground and an agreement, so that that has been reduced from hundred to to sixty nine. Most of the GP practices that are left, or GPs that are not filling in uh, the forms, are conscientious objectors to the ownership of guns. The SAC's position on it is that as a community, we need to take a strong um, stance on it. And what they would like to see is a statutory requirement across the board, across the whole country, that GPs have to undertake it as a public safety exercise, because that's ultimately the reason for um, gun regulation is for public safety. And as we all know, um, gun owners are the most law-abiding section of society because you have to be because you have to be yeah absolutely um the final point on this is that some gps are actually charging for this service Uh, if it's 20 to 50 pounds just pay it just just pay pay the money and let the process go on if it's excessive and seems ridiculous Maybe give your organisation a call and have a mm. discussion with them and see what they're they're saying. But uh, certainly the the, the um, advice is if it is a reasonable amount of money and they're uh, and they're asking for sort of twenty to fifty pounds to do that extra bit of paperwork, just see that as an addition, addition to the fee, to your, yeah. and just just pay it so that you can get your application processed. And actually, that's it. That was the last thing I had. Was that everything? Yeah, I, uh, I thought there was going to be more happening while we were away. But I suppose what we can talk about for a minute is the fact that we have been away <laughs> for more than a month. So, for,
1: for those that don't know, we drove to Norway from, from Scotland. Yep. Uh, we, the, on the first, uh, we, we drove there in 24 hours. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how we managed to achieve it. So, we, we got the ferry from Newcastle to Amsterdam. And then straight we drove in one one go all the way to Norway. Every time we just north crossed of the Oslo. border, they kind of laughed at us. Said, so <laughs> like, where, "Where are you where going? You go, Norway? Uh,
0: north of North of Oslo? Uh, yeah. yeah just, okay. Just what, kind of today? like, just like, yeah. Good luck with that one. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but we made it. We
1: made it. And then thirty minutes sleep when we arrived, and we were straight into another
0: day of driving. Another day of driving. Oh, <laughs> uh, right up onto the um, west coast, halfway up, halfway up Norway. awesome yeah so we were filming uh, filming up there
1: and we got to experience probably some of the toughest terrain i have ever been in my life for hunting and filming for for both these
0: things it is steep it is dangerous it's spectacular unforgiving but it's spectacular yeah it's uh it was an amazing experience we we hunted hard we filmed hard uh in some of the coolest and and hardest places i think i've probably ever been and actually met some of the coolest and hardest people we've ever met as well which was which was really cool and that's boys and girls yeah absolutely the girl the girls were were putting most men to to shame shame. yeah and uh we met a a guy there who we will tell you uh, probably about more uh, in the future who we affectionately named the machine
1: he broke me. He broke, uh, and Daryl's he, shoes. He broke me and my shoes walking up a mountain. I had those 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 boots for uh, I say shoes, they're boots, hunting mm. boots, and I'd had them for a year, uh, a whole season, and three days in a Norwegian mountain, and the soles fell off because the machine was working me too hard. He, he's basically a mountain goat. Yeah. He and is. Uh, he sprinted up. Luckily, I I'd taken another pair of boots with me.
0: Um. So, yeah, we were in the fjordland of Norway. We've done, we've taken a lot of pictures. We've put a tiny fraction of them up already on our Facebook account and and Instagram. Instagram. If you haven't checked out the
1: Instagram account, pace underscore brothers, check it out. There's some really, really good pictures going up, if I don't say so myself. Not just of us, but of everything kind of yeah and we're up. sharing pictures that
0: other people have taken as well yeah. so um we're if it's other people we will we will credit them in, in the comments so if you like their picture check them out and uh see what they're up to as well and and other people in the in the pictures that we were with because we were with a lot of different people um you'll be able to see who they are so uh, check yeah out their we'll,
1: we'll be talking we'll actually be talking to some of the people that are on the trip in the coming weeks i think we've got lisa coming on we've got you coming on mm-hmm. uh, that's uh
0: that's not Joe. me, that's no. Joe. Let's so call
1: him Joe. We'll call him Joe. <laughs> in English. It's you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's 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 not you in this environment, but it's Joe. Yeah. So uh he's going on as well. And he was doing uh, I mean I think he
0: took thirty five thousand photos or something
1: like that. He was, was the, the trip's official photographer. Yeah. And he he has some amazing pictures on his Instagram account, which you will be able to see from ours. Um I can't pronounce it off the top of my head. I need to go and check it out but uh for wildlife photography if you go to his page we'll put it up and you'll be able yeah. to find it because we share some of it, his stuff as well. Yeah. Um the film the film content we, we we're not going to talk too much about it right now but you will be able to see some of it the later end of this year the big thing that's coming out of this whole project will which sh- will actually be a film festival film we can't really talk about it at all but it will be out next year at yeah. some point once but it's done the film festival Unfortunately, <laughs> it won't be open for the public unless you go to the film festivals uh, but once it's done the circuit once it's done this, it. everyone will see it but just the way the rules are with film festivals you can't release it until you've done mm. all the film festivals which it makes sense in a way because yeah it yeah but We're, also we want people to come and see it yeah. but festival. we
0: will be but we will be putting up a long sort of 40 minute type documentary which is just all-encompassing, just so you can see and kind of experience yeah, the trip with to. us. Uh, um, and that'll be out, I guess, probably towards the end of this year. Yeah. Um, at the end of that, uh, we drove back down through Europe, and Daryl went home to go and see his wife. Mm. And I flew back up to Sweden <laughs> for another week. Uh, I was on another trip, unrelated to the the, uh, the trip that we were on that had been organized uh that was called Tested to the Edge, and it was basically um, surviving in Swedish Lapland uh, on our skill of being able to survive in the clothes that we were standing up in, uh, which was an awesome experience. And I'm actually not going to tell you any more about that because we have a podcast that was recorded there, um, and it's cool. So, yeah, just you'll be getting that probably actually in a week's time. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: thank you to Marcus, who who was uh, a follower of ours on Instagram and he saw our posts when we were leaving Amsterdam and driving up and he lives in Sweden and at about half one, I think, in the morning, he messaged us saying, can you pull over in this lay-by just off the motorway and I'll square you away with some food and coffee. He kept us alive driving through the
0: night. What an absolute champion unbelievable it just shows you what a cool community the hunting community is because there was a guy who had just been following us he didn't know us he but he liked the stuff that we were doing and he went out of his way to bring us some really good coffee actually yeah. and and supplies which in ammo tin, in, 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 yes in a swedish tin, which we ate little bits of pretty much throughout, <laughs> the, whole throughout trip. the whole trip yeah, yeah.
1: It, it kept it really did save us day. going it saved it saved the day and so that was pretty wicked him coming to drop the the stuff off and get There's a picture of him
0: actually on the on our Instagram account <laughs> yeah, if is. you go and have a look for we took that night. Yeah, there is. Um yeah, it's it, it's but it's good to be home. Um, we got a lot
1: more we got lots more to talk about. We kind of glanced over this the, the whole Norway thing. We were almost there for a month. Yeah. Uh we have a lot more to talk about. We were there with some absolutely amazing people. We hopefully we'll get some people from America on at some point uh, chatting about their ventures and we'll have some norwegians on and we'll delve a bit more into the the project we were actually mm-hmm. uh well lisa had a, like a five page spread done on her in a norwegian newspaper and we were actually mentioned in it uh i couldn't read it so <laughs> i don't really know what was said about us <laughs> no that's a good point actually <laughs> yeah. Yeah, apparently
0: we, it was good things i was told it was good things we were there for three weeks but uh, we didn't manage to pick up really any norwegian at all we tried we did try, but our tongues don't quite work that way. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I did try, though, uh, just before we we end off, uh, was I had one of one of their delicacies, which is a fermented fish, uh, which I can't remember. the The Swedish version of it Surstromen, which is even more rotted and fermented. <laughs> but the it's, Norwegian c- one kept not as underwater
1: bad. for four months. Yeah,
0: so it's it. I think it has to be super clean environment
1: yeah but straight away the the fish is. i mean talking within minutes it goes underwater um goes a fish goes underwater within minutes it's it's hauled out and then killed and process, then, then yeah. processed and put underwater and they keep it in a barrel uh, rotting for four months F- fermenting uh, for, so i mean yeah let's call it a nicer word uh for four months and then they feed it to you and it was actually not that bad it, I, you know what i didn't eat it I but did. I smelled it, and it doesn't smell as bad as you think. It really doesn't smell as bad as you think, but it still smelled bad enough that I didn't want to so eat it. So Daryl
0: wasn't tough enough, is what he's saying. Mm. And you eat it with onions, lefts of... See, that was my problem. Oh, he doesn't like onions. I don't like onions. Okay, fair enough. Um, but you eat it with onions, um, lefts of bread, which is like a really thin bread and um something else as well i can't remember now Oh, so cottage that, no it was cottage cheese some sort of everything cheese makes everything better yeah uh, and uh, yeah i actually we, we I, had, uh, look i had like four or five pieces and i think a lot of it was mind ever matter
1: we had horse nearly every morning for we breakfast did. horse is good we yeah, need no, to embrace I, look, horse I, in the uk okay no problem with it whatsoever I said this before suami, it was horse when suami. we were talking about uh, we were talking about the horse meat the scandal, scandal yeah. which somehow all the supermarkets seem to have actually got away with and everyone's kind of forgotten about it I'm, I'm still amazed at that because there was a, a massive article in fact I'm going to mention this in a second just before we, we leave everyone um yeah horse meat is actually really good and the only problem i had with eating horse meat when i was in the uk was the fact that they were telling me it was beef mm. <laughs> that was my only problem with it but it's genuinely a very nice meat mm. and i had uh moose for the first time
0: yes we had and reindeer
1: and reindeer for the
0: first time we yeah Ron, ronnie
1: ronnie cooked us reindeer lots of firsts yeah Which is well. That's what I was gonna uh, mention. There's been more things. I'm gonna talk about it again because I want to do a little bit more research myself. But fake farms has come back up again. It was in Men's Health, three-page spread, and they had done a huge amount of research about fake farms and also the reliability of uh, your standard stickers like the The, red red tractor and 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 other standard stickers
0: like that. so this was fake farms where the supermarkets were having their home brand whatever. Burnley Home Farm. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's from somewhere in the middle of Europe. Yeah. So it was sort of the disingenuous yeah. um, branding of things yeah. like it was actually from the UK or Scotland or wherever, yeah. and actually it was being sourced out with the country. Um, so it's a it's a pretty big scandal smoke actually. smoke yeah smoke smoke We'll give yeah. you
1: we'll give you a name that sounds like it's down the road from you. But it's actually from somewhere else, and that's. But yeah, we'll cover it again in more detail with these things. Actually, it just gets forgotten about. That's that's the thing. Buy local, easier. Go to your butcher, and then they'll be able to tell you exactly where the
0: meat comes from. Buy buy local, or go kill your, or go go, go, go go kill your dinner.
1: (laughs) Yeah, go and hunt yourself.
0: Uh, I think we're done. Uh, We will be back in one week. Don't forget to enter the competition that we talked about at the very beginning. Yes, absolutely. Um, this podcast, we, we've talked about the, our sponsor already, but this podcast is supported by the Scottish Association for Country Sports. We look forward to hearing from you on uh, social media. We like to hear from you. And, so message
1: uh, us. Yeah, enjoy uh, the next podcast uh, coming up. Don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. If you're an iTunes listener, Stitcher listener, hit that subscribe button. We want everyone to subscribe thank you very much for everyone that's been leaving us wicked reviews Mm. over the last few weeks we've had quite a lot of reviews keep doing it please because it only makes us more searchable
0: and the more people listen the better and if you've got any comments or people you want to hear on the podcast, there was a
1: few shout outs i I, I need to go back through the emails they were sent to us when we were in Norway. Oh yeah, so I will get to the people that were asking. We'll do for, it for next week. We'll do it for the next week on the next podcast. and we are getting around to everybody's uh, emails that have been sending us about topics and uh, so on. but you can follow us on Instagram, find us on Facebook. And, of course, you can download us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We are on YouTube as well. No excuse. And if you visit thepacebrothers.com, all of the information that you need about everything we do is on there. Films, video, podcasts, you name it.
0: It's on there. Blogs as well, inclu- including uh, guest blogger Lisa. Yep. Who she's, we were talking she's about She's going to be doing
1: more. She actually just sent me a new article this evening, which is about why she hunts. Yes, and uh, the last one was really, really good. It was called yep. "Carry Your Own Gun." Yep, and it was about the sexuality of women in hunting. Yes, which was uh, pretty cool. And we've had uh, common questions of, um, "Is she uh, is she genuine?" I can a uh, thousand percent <laughs> confirm that she is one of the most nails girls that we have met. And uh, if you've seen someone carry a backpack that weighs exactly the same as them up and down uh, a mountain that is fifteen hundred meters. from sea level level to the top to the bottom uh
0: just to go hunting then Then that that kind of paints a picture yeah yeah uh i hope you enjoyed listening we will be back in a week thank Thank you thank you